With a V? With a V. I'll send you a link there. That's good. It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. Well, good morning. We are here overlooking the mall, and we're ready to have some fun here in Buckhead. We're looking south, and this is a Chamber of Commerce day. We have got it in our hand and in our eyes. So today we've got some fun folks. We, I guess, what's this thing here? We got a refugee from the oil and gas industry. We got a sales call expert, and we got one of those true, 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 true entrepreneurs who's going to show us and share with us how to really make the process of your business simple, painless, and successful. So let's start out with that guy. We got Brad Stevens here this morning. And of course, this show is brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. We're co hosted here in the studio. I got Rich Casanova with me, but Brad Stevens is going to share with us how to make your business a whole lot more successful. And I'm going to let him just start out by telling us kind of how we got here to this kind of role. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, Brad Stevens. I'm founder of Entraholic. And, uh, I've been a lifetime entrepreneur, for better or worse. I grew up in it, three generations worth. And so uh, I always joke around, there's always a whiteboard hanging over the fireplace (laughs) growing up. Over the fireplace. (laughs) (laughs) Always business ideas and things floating around. And uh, so for better or worse, I got the the gene, and that's all I've done since I got out of college. Um, When you've lived here in Atlanta all your life. I have. Yeah, I actually grew up uh, south of the city, one of the the rare natives. You don't find that too often. Rare natives. Where'd you go to school? Uh, high school went down to McIntosh uh, High School down in Fayette County and uh, college. Um, I went to Harvard for a year actually, and then I graduated from uh, Wharton Business School. Um, wow, well, we got some certainly credentials. You've been <laughs> you've been trained by some of the best. You learned how to use all the colors on the whiteboard, right? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, ironically enough, they, uh, when you, when it comes to entrepreneurship, there's it's actually. I mean, these days the the education has gotten much better, but I guess 2002 back when I graduated, there was still a lot lacking. Uh, and, and learning what it's like to be an entrepreneur to rub a couple pennies together to make things happen. Well, you fuel business growth by using specialized techniques. I know you do it through seminars and you do individual coaching. Tell us a little bit about how you got mentored to this process of how you do your things. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I've started companies in a bunch of different industries, manufacturing, professional uh, services, and, uh, and, and software. And uh, when I sold my last business, I knew the next opportunity was going to be something around uh, working and helping small business owners and startups kind of build and grow their companies with the experience I've had. Well, you know, the, one of the best ways to share that knowledge and all of all the people in the room, they've been doing it, you, you get in front of more people more often. And I know I've, the first time I saw you out in the community here in Buckhead, you were talking to a group of about 50 or 60 folks, and I'm sure there was some light bulbs turning on in the room. So talk about what you really like to share with folks. How, how did you get started with your engagements with folks? How do you begin to see the glean in their eye when they're really paying attention? Sure. Well, I mean, as my name implies, Entraholic, it's kind of a unique name, and uh, it applies this, uh, you know, addiction to entrepreneurial type type thinking. And what we what we specialize in is is helping you know startups and small to medium businesses uh, grow their businesses, start them low cost, and grow them cost effectively with innovative strategies. Um, we provide fully outsourced services to them, but um, actually provide a whole set of online courses and seminars as well that teach them. A lot of the creative techniques that people aren't familiar with to grow their business, especially like using freelancers and outsourcers, uh, free and inexpensive online tools that exist. People can get businesses launched and out of the ground 
for, for next to nothing if they know some of the unique strategies. So we provide that in a set of online courses and uh, seminars and things that we, that we provide. And actually, we just launched a digital magazine uh, called Entrolic Magazine that we uh, just rolled out. We just signed up this morning for that magazine, yeah, awesome. in the studio, yeah. <laughs> so no customer more than one hour old, right? It was, yeah, literally. <laughs> Your last customer subscriber just got, just got started. Well, you know, when you start a new business, as you said, you can almost do it for uh, just an idea now. You really don't have to have a lot of whiteboard time to get started up. So talk about one of these new folks that uh, you've just – you know, raise their hand from the front row and started lately. Give us one of your true success stories of the last uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it, when, when people are trying to, to launch businesses these days, I mean, with, with you know, Shark Tank and, you know, all of the other types of the profit, people have got more ideas from an entrepreneurial standpoint than they ever have. And But part of it's validating an idea first. You'll have ideas and it's validating. Uh, and so it's, it's using some of these techniques to validate ideas and then, you know, the same techniques to launch and grow the business. Um, you know, so there, you know, workshop I did did recently. There's a couple of individuals that I was working with. They're in the beginning stages of launching their company, and we're trying to get leads. They were trying to get a website launched. They were trying to get uh, initial content written for the website. As we know, and the reason why we're here, content is critical online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, was able to show them a bunch of creative techniques and low cost ways to get things done for their business that they never knew were possible. Launching a website, doing data scraping to get targeted partners and leads in their in their area that that you just can't buy that information. And, you know, you get emails from them afterwards, just a long list of, oh, my gosh, I had no idea I could do these things, and here's what I've done. And I actually have them report back and share things that they've accomplished. We have a private Facebook group as well that they communicate in. And, uh, and they say, you know, I, I was able to get, you know, this website launched, or I was able to get this blog written, or I was able to get these white papers done. Because a lot of people have business ideas, but in their mind it's this huge boulder to get moving forward in terms of cost and time. Um, but we've learned some innovative techniques. This is what I've used to launch my own companies that we're now kind of sharing with people to do on their own. Well, now, as you've gone through the last, uh, uh, how long ago did you, did you launch Entraholic Truly? Uh, it was about three years ago. Okay, yes. about three years. And you've got ramped up in the last year or so. It's begun to get in your, in your stride, as you say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, it, it started off, you know, when I, I kind of started it as a as just kind of a, a thought leadership blog a couple of years ago, back when I had my prior company. And then once we uh, transitioned, I, uh, you know, went at it full, full force. And so, you know, using a lot of the techniques and strategies, you know, we were able to get out of the ground and launch, um, you know, within the first half year to do, you know, $400,000 in our first year using these techniques. Well, I know you've certainly been a good, uh, a, a good community uh, builder as well as a community participant. Talk about the impact of all of our co-working and incubator spaces in terms of encouragement and, uh, and, and mentorship and responsibility and how not to do things right or wrong. Yeah, Atlanta's got a great uh, ecosystem here when it comes to the startup and business building community. The co-working locations are tremendous. All of them vary a bit. Everything. I mean, Rome uh, is a is a big one that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, use all their locations. they got four locations around. Great, great company. And it, but all the others as well, they provide facilities, and, and a lot of them are starting to add a lot more curriculum as well uh, as part of it. And there's a lot of startup you know, accelerators as well. I'm a member of EO, called Entrepreneurs Organization. It's a global organization in the Atlanta chapter. We've got about 140 members. But we also have a program, uh, an accelerator program, that helps companies that are trying, that are doing more than 250000 but less than a million and trying to get to that million-dollar mark in three years. So I sit on the board, and, um, and uh, that's been kind of my – my project and co-chairing that and getting that launched. So that's just one example of many resources in this town. All right, let me let, let you be a let you be judgmental for a minute. What are some of the greatest 
mistakes you've seen new entrepreneurs make in the last year as you've been kind of cataloging these things. I know, I know you're building your programs. Don't mention to, any names. Uh, yeah, no names. But I know you've been cataloging things you would wish they hadn't have done before they came to see you. <laughs> well, including myself. Uh, you know, because you know, as an entrepreneur, so that's Brad Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> so we are mentioning that's a names, star yeah. and asterisk you put by his name now. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, to be a successful entrepreneur, you got to have ambition and drive and, and, and confidence. But you also have to be humble and, and know that you're going to, you know, as cliche as it is, you're going to stumble and fail and you got to learn from those and get back up. And that's the crazy thing about entrepreneurs. You know, as nuts as it is, we you know press the gas pedal when everything inside of us is telling us not to sometimes. Um, you know, to, to push through to the other side. So I would say some of the, you know, some of the things I, I've learned and I've observed with, with others is that one thing I mentioned is validating an idea to start with. You know, there's a lot of creative strategies um, to, to launch companies that to validate ideas first and to make sure that it's, there's a fit. Is there demand out there? What does the competitive landscape look like? Um, for example, you know, we were looking at, at doing a lot of um, social media engagement in the pet industry, going after you know, vets and um, pet boarders and walkers. And before we launched in that industry, I wanted to find out what does the whole competitive landscape look like. So I was able to hire a you know, freelancer admin to assemble an entire list of every single you know, veterinarian, pet boarder, bu- uh, dog walker in the southeast, and also all the competitors that were offering marketing services to that industry in a week for less than 50 bucks. And I was able to get instant market intelligence of that entire market uh, to see what the competitors look like, what their price points were, to see if it was a market that we wanted to, to go into. And so a lot of people, they have an idea, they're passionate about it, and if it's if you build it, they will come. And I love it, so everybody else must love it. So, um, you know, it, you got to validate and test ideas a lot of times before you, you jump into it full speed. So, Brad, what you're really talking about is a new way of doing business on a several levels, right? So you're talking about a shared office scenario, co-working space, that collaborative environment, which is uh, very different than a traditional uh, closed office space, right, where you, d- you don't even meet your neighbors or interact with the other fellow uh, associates in a building, right? Right. I mean, that's, you know, the virtual economy and is growing dramatically. I mean, people don't need to have fixed locations. Uh, the co-working locations we talk about allow you to... Um, to be very flexible, right, and yeah. that allows you to be variable costs. As business owners, we'd love everything to be variable as right. much as possible. Turn it on and off. And speaking of variables, so another key component takeaway is this idea of automate and delegate, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's what you – and um, on your site or from uh, events I've, I've attended, or we've had conversations about upwards of 200 resources, right, that help businesses uh, do that. Yep. Right. Yeah, part of what we provided at Entreholic is we, we actually produce this annual report called the Top 200 Tools to Fuel Your Business Growth. Um, we actually make it available for all the listeners at entreholic.com forward slash pro. Uh, we put a list yeah. of goodies for free resources for all the, the listeners. Um, but, yeah, we, we put together Top 200 Tools that are innovative tools that people haven't even heard of a lot of times, like how to get automated handwritten letters or a tool that will let you see your competitor's entire online marketing strategy um, that, are, that are free uh, that we publish. And then we have an online course where we teach people how to leverage the freelancer uh, outsourcing economy plus those creative tools to launch and start a company very low I mean, cost. From, from data mining to a virtual assistant that will uh, make phone calls and emails, but then automation systems, right, that will um, uh, drip campaigns and so forth. And uh, um, I know we're almost out of time for this segment here. but <laughs> um, So once again, you have a special uh, site that people can go to. I went to this morning, and they can uh, take advantage of uh, and interact with you. 
Give us yeah. that contact. Give us that contact info one more time. Yeah, Entraholic, E-N-T-R-E-H-O-L-I-C, Entraholic.com forward slash pro. For uh, Pro Business Channel. For so Pro get Business a deal. Channel. And uh, you can actually get a free copy of our digital magazine nice. there as well as the top 200 tools. And, uh, and then learn you know, how we teach people how to leverage their time, money, and resources effectively to, to start and grow their businesses. Well, speaking of leverage your time, I think That's we right. have to we'll leverage your yeah. time right now. We're going to move on. Boy, I'll tell you what. We've certainly got our nickels worth, dimes worth, and we're a brand-new magazine. For how long is that subscription? One year did you sign up for or two years or five I years? I think I got a lifetime of a founder, lifetime. Founders <laughs> edition. Yeah. Life, life you just checked the block for life. <laughs> Brett, thank you for being with us this morning. I'm gonna, we're going to move on now to that refugee, as he says. He's from the oil and gas industry. But, you know, business development, when you're trying to sell, what, multi-million dollar platforms, is no real different than selling, gosh. Paper clips. Paper clips, that's right. Paper clips and, uh, and, and, Coffee and bugs. video cameras and whatever else you might sell. So uh, Artie's uh, just come, come to Atlanta a few years ago, and he's, he's settled in Atlanta, left the Houston market. So. You've got some interesting stories because you still wear that all oil, Derek, on your uh, lapel pin there. I, I, get, I bet you get imp- interesting elevator comments. But we're brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association, so I know there's going to be people out there listening to what we can do this morning. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you, Rich and Mike for, Michael, for having me this morning. And, Michael, there is a big difference selling $100 million contracts, and that is you go to better restaurants. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. And somebody else might pick up the tab there. Right? <laughs> paper clips, you're more at the food court, right? Yeah. <laughs> no offense to the paperclip industry, yeah. yeah right, right, right. So, Artie, you're in the marketplace of helping people develop business, and you will, you'll you'll give us some philosophies about the difference between sales and marketing and business development. So, I'm gonna let you you leap into that and talk about that transition. We're glad to have you in Atlanta, and I know you're enjoying yourself here with all of y'all. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. And it was a good intro to hear Brad. And uh, my MBA was 30 years of experience out in the marketplace. I thought that was a PhD, (laughs) a true internship. Uh, Before I I was in the oil and gas industry, I had my own manufacturing company in Long Island, New York. We manufactured the signing programs for Sears and Foot Locker and brands like Estee Lauder and Clinique. So I really identify with privately held owners and CEOs. That and the experience of working with an international global company, the fabricator of offshore facilities, really prepared me to launch my new business here in Atlanta, which was business development. And much as uh, Brad spoke on, I don't want to duplicate what he was talking about, so I'll try to add on to it. But it really, really, really starts with insight derived from analysis that then originates a strategy. But more in, or just as important, I should say, as the strategy itself is the ability to implement. Because without the implementation, the strategy usually goes in the top left-hand drawer. <laughs> or, or the bookcase. <laughs> now, you've started a new company. You've been very, very purposeful in picking up a new name for your new company here in Atlanta. And certainly it's just ex- exhibiting the way you use the strategies you've learned throughout your marketplace and all your different things you've done. But talk a little bit about that selection of a brand and selection of an ID and then moving out to the marketplace and beginning to get those real, live, breathing customers. Yes, the name of the company is Innovative Growth Solutions, and I was glad and very surprised that that was available. But it really describes what I do and how I do it. So I drive business and generate value. And the way I go about it is with innovation. Brad touched upon that earlier. And to give you an example, if I may, uh, I, for the fabrication company, offshore fabrication company, I was in a position where I was hired to represent a company out of Singapore 
that fabricated offshore facilities. I am not an engineer. I had no experience in heavy industry, and I really didn't know the oil and gas companies that well. So I immediately had to develop a, a innovative strategy, and I put that together very, very quickly. I realized that our biggest competitor was in Singapore. Seventy percent of the world market was in Singapore. So I said to myself, Singapore is the home of world-class fabrication companies. We're in Singapore. I knew I needed to build the brand. So to build the brand, I had to equate our company with that of the company in Singapore, the, the big competitor. So what I did is I invited the CEO and all the leads, and I had Exxon and, and Chevron come for a technical council. I should say we were building a new yard, and that piqued their interest. And I wanted them to give us advice on that technical council. Well, what that developed is key relationships with the CEO and all of their counterparts in the major oil companies for HSE, uh, engineering, project management. And once the relationships were formed, once a change happened, and change is inevitable, so the 70% player started to take advantage of their position. They raised prices. And then that opened up the door for an RFP for our company. And sure enough, we began to win contracts. All right. So correct me, Artie, if I'm, if I'm wrong, but there's not a lot, a lot of oil companies here in Atlanta, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as a startup kid, right, because this is a new venture for you, right, in the innovation growth strategies, um, who are some clients you anticipate working with and what type of industries here in Atlanta? Well, thanks for bringing that, that up, Rich. Uh, really, my roots were my own privately held company, manufacturing, and I worked for several companies in diverse industries. So my own company, I should add, had 135 employees and grossed over $100 million. I also worked for other small, closely held companies and brought in million-dollar contracts for them. So I'm really concentrating on the market here for privately held companies. My sweet spot would be between $10 million and $250 million. The industry isn't as important. It's really the expertise that I bring. Now, and also, we're, we're, all, we're all here at the room today and all at the table. We're all folks who give back a lot to the marketplace. I also remember that you had started a very, or starting a very interesting organization here for professionalism, for sale of development here in the city. Talk a little bit about that and why you're doing that, that opportunity. You know, uh, I came to uh, Atlanta because oil and gas has not been investment grade now for three years, and I have family here. If I'm looking outside the industry, why not come to a place where you have family? And that's been wonderful. But I needed to network, so I went online and I looked for a business development association. And I found the National Business Development Association, but it did not have a chapter here in Atlanta. I contacted the president and said, would you like me to start it? <laughs> I will be glad to open the door and hang your shingle if you'll just allow me to, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm off and running, and Rich Casanova is our first board member. Congratulations, Rich. And the please, please organization remain seated. Please remain seated. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. As, as people listen to the show today, I think they'll be impactful 
national sales organizations didn't exist 20 and 30 years ago, and certainly business development is one of those things which many people get confused about, whether or not it's marketing or whether or not it's sales. So I'm sure you'll have some uh, some people beating a path to your door to, talk, to look at that first meeting. I believe you're going to be out in uh, August or September of next year, and I certainly look forward to attending attending that with you, and we wish you the best of luck in that process. Let me ask you about your contact info because you've got a new company name. You've got a new web presence or getting a web presence that, that relates it. But tell us how to find you. Michael, the website will be on board in about two weeks. Okay. So we imagine we find you on LinkedIn in the internet. That right. is correct. LinkedIn is a great tool. So your, your name again for those benefits and your good phone number and your good current email. Go ahead. Share that Arthur with us. Ruderman, Innovative Growth Solutions. And a great phone number for you if you'd like. Four zero four five five seven five five one six. That sounds like a good way to wrap wrap that process. As a as a new immigrant, he kept kept, kept <laughs> a good email and kept a phone number here. So we're in good shape. So we look forward to your in, continued involvement in the sales process in Atlanta. Now, if you didn't sell something yet, it's probably because you were reluctant to make that phone call, right? <laughs> or you were reluctant to send that Twitter feed. Our next guest is Joe Calavito, who is a guy who. Well, I guess he does need an introduction, and we're going to probably let him introduce himself a little bit. But if you haven't made all the sales calls you needed to make yet this morning, you need some guidance to make the next one. So talk about sales calls reluctance and how you got to this industry. And I know you've been selling, training, educating, and improving people's performance for many years because I've seen you in the Atlanta market. Joe, welcome. Michael and Rich, thanks for having me. Uh, Brad and Arthur, nice to listen with you and be sitting here with you in a studio where we can't stand up because Rich told us not to. (laughs) Oh, dang. (laughs) Wow. About three months ago, I was sitting with a friend, Mitchell, and I was sharing with him how I was solving the number one problem in sales, uh, which at the time I was describing as uh, lack of receptivity. Decision makers are inundated with call after call after call. They're too busy. There's too much going on. And and you can't break through as the salesperson to get to the decision maker. And he looked at me and he listened. uh, And I described the workshops that I do and the individual coaching that I do. And he said, you know, um, I, I apologize, but that's not the number one problem in sales. And I said, well, I'm listening. What is it, Mitchell? And he said, it's sales call reluctance. To which I said, I'm still listening. Explain to me what that is. And he said, you could do the <laughs> where's, best. Where's, where's, where's cl- hands cl- clammy at that point? Was, was <laughs> they were not. They were not. Um, but he was, get, he was reaching for this book that he uh-huh. handed me. And he uh-huh. basically said, Joe, when I was at ADP several years ago, uh, there were 10 regions. I was put in the 10th region. And it was 10th by a long shot. And I started to um, work with my team, and I came across this sales call reluctance program. I invited them in for a one-day workshop, and at the end of the first quarter, I went from 10th to 5th, at which point leadership said, hey, what are you doing? He said, you know, (laughs) I'm not quite sure it will work and be sustainable, so let me kind of check it out for another quarter, and then I'll let you know, at which point he was second. He stuck up. (laughs) So this is a wise man I was speaking to, and he said, Joe, this will change your life. It'll change your practice. More importantly, it'll let you serve others with the heart that you were built to serve them with because 97% of the people are suffering from sales call reluctance. There are 12 different types. They're viruses, Joe. And these people have anywhere from three to five of these viruses, and they're unaware that they have them. Wow. So who's the doctor? Sure that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to give us a title a little later on. He may have an autographed copy. He's probably bought about six cases of them because that would be a great, t- a great business development tool for you because most people are not going to take the time. I-, I saw the book you had on the desk today early, and I think it looks like one of those sleeping versions. Could it drive you to sleep? Uh, this book in front of me could definitely drive you to sleep. Um, <laughs> well, the, the author who created it, uh, George W. Dudley, uh, began this quest in 1970. 
He was inside of an insurance company, and the owner asked him to solve the problem of losing great employees and not getting the most out of great employees. They had a good hiring process. The people were bright, but they just weren't getting the job done. And so he put this assessment together. It's the SPQ FSA, which means nothing to anyone, including me. Six good initials. That won't fit on a T-shirt. And over the last 30-plus years, Bill Grimes, who's now my mentor down in Oklahoma City, he's a 70-year-old angel uh, who's adopted me and basically said, Joe, I'll help you change lives. And they've used this with over 100,000 sales reps, and they have increased productivity anywhere from 30 to 300 percent, depending on how quickly somebody is willing to embrace the fact that they have the virus and then take action to cure it. Well, you've probably already seen a few of these viruses, and you may have treated some of them as well. What what would be one or two that you could share with us today and and some of the, uh, was it symptoms or characteristics? Which is it? I don't know, we have to get the CDC on the line here, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> CDC. Go ahead and make uh, that background call, but uh, what, what's, what, is, what is your opinion of number one or number two virus that we might see here in Atlanta so we can be better prepared? I'll give you the two that are really easy to wrap your mind around. The first one's called over-preparer, and it sounds like this. Mm-hmm. I want to. I'm motivated. I need to. I have the right goals, but I can't. Because I'm not prepared. I'm not sure if I make this call right now that I'll have all the answers to their questions. I'm not sure I know the product well enough. I'm not sure that I really understand their business well enough. So what I'll do is I'll put this one out till next week. Mm -hmm. Then I'll make the call. I want to. I need to. But I can't. So do you subscribe to the uh, ready, aim, fire philosophy? Uh, Actually, um, (laughs) fire, aim. That that is a good one. No, it's ready, um, How's it go? Ready, fire, aim. Ready, fire, aim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, ready, fire, aim is interesting, um, but if you think about it, ready means motivation. Right. Yeah right? Uh, aim means I have a goal that I'm after, um, and I'm not going to fire until I feel confident and mm, comfortable in picking up this phone. So let me give you one other one. It's the one that I suffered from. 67% of us suffer from it. I didn't know I had it, and I didn't realize the impact it was having on my business. And here's what it's called, yielder. I want to, I'm motivated, I need to, I have the goal, but I can't. Because if I call Michael and I start to tell him about my sales training program, he's going to think that our relationship over the last 20 years was all about me trying to get more business. (laughs) And so I'm a yielder. So I'll yield to that. I'll lie to myself. I won't pick up the phone. And I'll watch myself struggle to build my business. You know, the education of yourself is, is, is as valuable as the education of the person you're trying to approach. Because everybody's a not yet until one day they just go say, oh, let me have the pencil and let me sign that. And we don't do a pen, I guess it's a pen, or let me, let me automatically sign that. How, how does it work with this? We've seen Brad talk about engagement and opportunities. We've now heard, looked at the viruses we all have. Artie, I guess, has some very sophisticated plan to, uh, to categorize a strategy. Your, your strategy's in your name, right? <laughs> so, Joe, talk about how you interface all these tools and all these opportunities, all these ideas that people have to identify these viruses and treat them. So wh- what are you doing different? Yes, yeah, so we have a, a validated assessment that's been going on since 1970 that can quickly address 12 different types. It can tell you how motivated you are. Uh, it tests a break and a, an accelerator score. So how likely are you to do prospecting activities, and how often do you put the brake on because you're lying to yourself? And the fascinating part is Brad was educating me out in the lobby where he was explaining it in a former company. He had people making an average of 60 to 80 calls. And I quickly asked the people at the bottom how many were they making, and Brad's answer was 40. I said, well, 
well, that, that backs up our research. You're going to see anywhere from a 30 to a 60% loss in all of your people, but particularly those folks that are at the bottom. And so what do we do when we find somebody that, and we measure green, yellow, red? What do we do when we see people that are red based on activity, based on productivity? We let them go. And so that's actually where my heart's breaking. There are good salespeople that are motivated, have goals, want to impress Brad, want to do the right thing, want to make money. And he was sharing how they would lose $4 for every time they didn't pick up the phone. Can you imagine knowing you're losing $4 every time you don't pick up the phone and not picking it up for $80 a day, you know, $400 a week, and, and roll that up? Well, the reason they're not is the pain is too great. The virus is deep down in there, and it's just creating this this need to procrastinate, hesitate, and avoid doing what they should be doing. Got to be Lincoln. Set them free. Set them free. <laughs> Jack Daly is one of the big sales coaches out there. I always use that phrase, and it is. You know, some people just they're just not a fit for sales. That's you right. know, and sometimes and helping them know that is a nice service. They, they matter of fact, they, we, at, uh, at a large computer company many years ago, you know, the most valuable person for a salesman was that pre-sales engineer because they knew they weren't responsible for the quota, but they were responsible for seeing it sold. And they would go to the end of the earth to give you all the preparedness, and they would show up with you, and they would, they would, they would look for the things you wouldn't look for. And I'm sure Artie's going to tell us one day that how important it is to have a team member because sales is not a single-person sport. It's not like – I don't know. What's a single-person sport, Rich? Tennis. Field goal kicker. Checkers. 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 <laughs> Checkers is a true thing. <laughs> so is Solitaire. Chess. Solitaire. So is, yeah, yeah. So is chess. So is so, so I, I, is I got a quick question. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like Brad was talking about, there's a lot of startups here in, uh, not just in Atlanta, but, you know, it's uh, throughout the country. Um, so as co-founders or a small company, uh, I've had people have this conversation about the founder, the CEO uh, should be the, the face of the brand, the, the out front when you're launching and you need to be able to drive sales. But like we just mentioned, some people is not the, the best fit, you know. So um, at what point does, do you recommend them bringing on a salesperson? Or do you subscribe to that philosophy that if, if you're the founder, if you're behind it, you can't sell your own widget? Uh, I mean, how, how does that fit into the equation? Well, I guess it all depends on the size of the organization. But, you know, if, if you're, you know, less than 10 people and you're the face that people are equating the brand to, um, you better figure out, A, if you have sales call reluctance, and right. B, how to overcome it. Um, anybody can overcome it. It's just yeah. a matter of how hard are you willing to work to stop telling yourself the lie. Well, I'm all excited to learn about the viruses. So, Joe, if you will, let's wrap, wrap the process up a little bit. Talk about how the assessment's available and how they might find you and how they might attend maybe your next public seminar to see how sick they really are. Yeah. Well, let's just make it easy. Um, you can text me at 404-213-8997. That's the quickest way to reach me. Or you can send me an email at joe at coreview, C-O-R-E-V-U.com. And either way, I'd be happy to engage in a dialogue with you. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm starting to post more and more uh, on this topic. And um, in closing, what I would say is this. I can't stand the thought of your good people suffering from sales call reluctance which is also causing you to miss your goals. And so if you're feeling either the pain and the suffering as an individual or, or missing your goals as a leader, I'd love to help you. All right. Let me wrap up by giving you one of those pats on the back, Joe. How many people do you think you've helped uh, in your previous life? Because I know you were very involved with education in a large company that needed to make sure people were prepared properly to sell to the marketplace truthfully. I helped at least one. At least one. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've, I've been in front of uh, twelve to 15,000 uh, folks from a training and workshop standpoint, and it's just been my privilege to be able to uh, be there with them, learn from them, and serve them. So Joe's been in, a, been in this marketplace for a number of years. He is over 29 years old. 
So we're brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. We're brought to you today by Rich and Mike here in the studio. And boy, we've had a great time together today. And we look forward to seeing you at a Buckhead Business Association event, whether it be a lunch, a breakfast, or an after hours. Please go to BucketBusiness.org, And we look forward to seeing you very soon. Rich, wrap us out. We want to thank uh, all of our guests here in the studio, and we mentioned LinkedIn a couple of times. We posted this morning, uh, Pro Business Community. You can go there, go right to our LinkedIn profile, and all of our guests, uh, their LinkedIn links are there. We'll have all this on the show notes as well. A shout out to uh, Dennis Rice, our producer engineer, Steven Tyler, our video dude, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.